When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition here on the 8th of August. Eight days into August already. Here we are. Scott Goldbranson, Mo Moten with you. Do us a favor if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast. Please do so wherever you get your audio. That's right. Do that. Put on the auto download. That helps us out a lot. And it helps you a lot because every time we push a show, which is pretty much every day now during the week, you will have it delivered right to your device uh, as we are an Odyssey Sports Original Podcast. Again, my partner, Mo Moten, he is the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Also, Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am Scott Branson, L-V Gully on Twitter. The show is S-N-B Today. All right, Mo, since we talked to you last Thursday, some things have happened in Raider Nation. And I want to start with this one because I get it to a certain degree, but it's training camp and Jimmy Garoppolo had some troubles over the last couple days of camp going into the weekend. I think it was seven interceptions, uh, and we're starting to see some panic amongst the fan base who, who, who seem to be excited or at least part of them excited about Jimmy G, and now they're really worried. And those that didn't like the signing of Jimmy G, not just because of the injury issues like you and I talk about a lot here, but because of performance, are concerned. Uh, I'll talk about what Josh McDaniels had to say about that in a moment, but it's camp. How concerned are you, Mr. Moten, with uh, Jimmy G throwing some picks in camp when the guys are just getting rolling for the season? If you were, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm looking at my phone because I'm looking at all the panic heads on X <laughs> or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, uh, just uh. ready to to burn the house down because Jimmy G is throwing picks in training camp. And what I will say is, while it's not something you you want to see. From your quarterback, your veteran quarterback, it's not something that I am overly concerned about. We've heard stories about Patrick Mahomes throwing picks at camp before his first full year as a starter. We've heard of other quarterbacks throwing picks at camp before the regular season, and they were fine. It's not a, it's not indicative of anything, really. We don't know right, how this right. is going to translate or if it does translate to the regular season. 
the way I look at it is I'm glad the defense is getting some interceptions because that's yes. been a big problem for the Raiders for the past, I don't know, decade or so. They've struggled with forcing turnovers. And if you've heard our buddy Q Myers say that you heard from a person close to the Raiders saying that, you know, defensive backs are told to kind of stand back a little bit when Derek Carr's on the field, don't force too many turnovers. Not my words. This comes from Q Myers over at Raider Nation Radio. But it's good to see that the defensive backs are stepping up and making plays on the football. I believe the reporters have credited Ja'Cory and Bennett and Mark, Mark, uh, Marcus Peters, Trayvon Merrick, and a lot of other of the defensive backs on the Raiders secondary for forcing his turnovers. Joshua Daniels credited those guys for forcing turnovers. So that's the way I look at it because at least we know those guys are looking to take the ball away and not just break up a pass. Exactly, Mo. And and listen, uh, and I did a Silver and Black Blitz, our short shows here on Silver and Black today, which you get on the podcast feed, about what Q had said. And I talked about that. And what's remarkable, and I, listen, like you said, you rather have your quarterback not throwing interceptions anytime. But to your point about the defense playing well, but also I'm still blown away if true. And again, I don't doubt Q because Q is a number one in my book. He's a great guy. He's trustworthy. He doesn't talk about things unless he's certain of them. And the fact that the Raiders at any time in their history would tell their defense not to do their best against a quarterback blows my mind. So to your point about the defense doing well, we're going to talk about that a little bit too in segment two when we talk about some guys who are kind of lighting it up in camp and really getting we're getting good reports from them in camp in a second. But but I, I like the fact the defense is playing well. Jimmy Garoppolo had foot surgery. He's coming back from that. And you're going to have ups and downs. And I want to read to you, Mo, uh, Josh McDaniels uh, at his recent press conference he, they talked about the struggles of Garoppolo and here's what and inaccuracies, interceptions, and so on. McDaniels, of course, says, quote, no concerns. I mean, we're also seeing some really good throws and some stretches where the offense is really doing a lot of good things. So he goes on to say, so no, look, there's some credit to be given to the other side when they make a play. They're competing too. It's the normal ebbs and flows of camp. Been some really good days, and then there's some plays where you get to coach off them, and so what's that's what I think it is. So so there you go. Obviously, he's not concerned. I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is going to come out if he really was concerned and say, oh, my God, what do we do? We signed this guy, and now I'm really worried. He's never going to say that, right? But this is camp. Camp, it's practice. It's, it's the very beginning of the season. Everybody's out there getting used to everything. Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody talks about the fact that he knows Josh McDaniels, but remember, he was with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco running a different offense, similarities, but still he's getting reacquainted to it all in a new place out there in the desert sunshine. And so you would expect there to be these bumps in the road. Now he's not going to play in the preseason, but if you get towards the end of all of this uh, and, and there's still negative reports coming out, then you could be a little more concerned, but I think people are so worried about it. And the media has done a good job. I think of the last couple of days of kind of straight the uh, setting the record straight, I should say, with the defense and the defense stepping up. So so I think people just need to relax. Uh, I know I'm not really concerned with it yet. I'm more concerned about whether or not he stays healthy by week one. Yeah, I'm just saying let's just hope he gets through training camp versus, you know, what he's doing <laughs> at training camp. Obviously not ideal turning the ball over, but like I said, it's, it's a quarterback who, who hasn't been on the field since late November, early December. Right. As you said, he's been injured. 
if you read the reports from a lot of the people at camp, they're saying the issue is his timing, his rhythm is off, and you would expect that from a player who hasn't been on the field in eight, nine months. Right. So that's not something that it's more see people hear interception and they they worry oh he's gonna he's gonna be a turnover machine because they're gonna throw the ball more with Devontae adams and renfro and jacoby myers and all these guys but how are these interceptions happening i think is more important is he not seeing the field correctly jose sanchez was on our last show saying that sometimes jimmy g has these jimmy gimmies where you don't you're thinking like what is he looking at what is he seeing on the yeah. field but apparently it's not about what he's seeing or not seeing on the field it's about his timing. As I said, timing and rhythm is off. He's mm -hmm. rusty, in other words. And I would assume that by the end of camp, he will be a lot more sharp. Now, the Raiders have joint practices with the 49ers coming up before their game on Sunday. I know a lot of fans are going to panic if Jimmy G struggles. He knows the defense. The defense knows him. They're on equal playing field. But the 49ers have a top-tier defense even without Nick Bosa. And right. Jimmy Garoppolo, as we all know, as we I think he's, uh, and many people would agree with me, he's a middling quarterback. So right. middling quarterback versus a top-tier defense, top-tier defense is probably going to win a lot of those battles. With Jimmy G coming up those struggles, don't be surprised if his struggles continue through the joint practices this week. Correct. And remember, he's also getting on the same page as his receivers. Uh, he has, to your point, right. they're all new to him. Then you have receivers right. who are new to the team. Yes, Jacoby Myers played in New England. He knows the system. But still, there's a lot of guys there. We heard Michael Mayer had a great start, and then he kind of got brought back down to earth a little bit, which you would expect from a rookie. So this whole offense getting on the same page takes a little bit of time uh, as well. The other thing that I saw folks really worrying about, and, and some were writing him off already and say, what a terrible bust of a draft pick, <laughs> was Tyree Wilson right? Because he's not out there. You have been very strong from draft day on. And on this show, we've talked about the fact that Tyree Wilson most likely is not going to be ready for the start of the season. Even if he's healthy and works out a little bit, he's not going to be ready. So we talked about that. They asked McDaniels again, same press conference. McDaniels said, quote, um, are there any concern? Well, the question was, are there any concerns Tyree Wilson not playing at all this year? And McDaniels said, not that I have, right? Then there was, uh, do you expect he'll be ready for the start of the season? And he said, I hope he's ready. But, and like I said, there's nothing <laughs> that has told us that that's not going to happen. So the same is my last answer. So clearly Josh McDaniels is giving the great kind of Bill Belichick non-answer, which is he doesn't expect it. And again, the question, are there any concerns? He doesn't have any concerns over that. Maybe because he already knows he's not going to play at the beginning of the season. Then you wouldn't be concerned with it. But I think that you have to understand. I understand. Look, you on, on draft day, you talked about it. You said you like the pick, but it's tough because you're drafting a guy who's coming off an injury, and there's the unknown there. If if he was a, if he was a completely healthy player, it would have been a wonderful A plus pick. I think you gave it like a B plus because of the injury. Mm -hmm. um, I think on this one too, as much as you'd like the guy ready for game one. If it goes three or four games into the season, uh, or if he gets put on IR before that, then there should be more concern. But right now, Mo, until we get a little more information, we saw Brian Young come back. Uh, he's off pup already, practiced over the weekend. So that's a good sign. But, but with Tyree Wilson, it's just going to be a wait-and-see game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So here was my projected stat line that freaked out Raider Nation on Twitter X, right? I said, he's going to have 20 tackles, 4 sacks, and 12 pressures. That that tweet had a bunch of responses saying, Mo, that's too low. I would panic. Why would you draft a guy 7th overall knowing with those numbers? That's terrible. That's awful. He's going to be a bust. Cleveland for 0-2.0. I get all of that. And they're probably saying that in the chat right now. But <laughs> if you listen to Josh McDaniels, he's not concerned. Even before this press conference he had over the past week, he kind of said he has to get through the rehabbing phase. He has to get through the reacclimation phase. With, again, what it tells me is they drafted him not for 2023. They drafted him for the long haul. I know fans don't want to hear that because when you draft a guy in the top 10, you expect him to be on the field right away, immediate contributor. I understand that. That's not how the Raiders saw it. Because if they, if they did see it that way, they wouldn't have drafted him number seven. They would have went with a guy who's, who's healthy. They understood that he hasn't played football since November, and he still had a ways to go in his rehabilitation period. So there was a chance that even if he is on the roster, on the 50-man roster to start the season, he may not play a lot in the first mm-hmm. half of the year. For the first eight, nine weeks, you may barely see Tyree Wilson on the field. And I know that fans don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of it when you have a guy who's missed about eight months of football. And he's right. a rookie on top of that. This is not a veteran coming off of injury saying, okay, I know how to ride a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. You get healthy, you get on the field. This is a rookie who now has to learn how to be a pro along with rehabbing an injury. So when you compound that, you see the realistic viewpoint. You're not going to get much from him, in the, at least in the first half of the season. Now, he may come on at around Thanksgiving and onward from there. You hope that he does. But from my viewpoint, listening to Josh McDaniels from day one, the expectation was, look, we like what we see big picture, long-term-wise, 2024, 2025, 2026. We expect him to be a playmaker. But this year, if he plays, cool. If he doesn't, we're not worried because we know he's coming right. off of injury and we see it as a long-term play there. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of gotcha stuff here, right, which is if you notice the line of questioning, we've seen it a couple times, um, is is around what if he doesn't play? What if he does Well, maybe they know that he won't. Maybe they, they're not concerned with it, to your That's point. Right. And it's for a long-term pick. Look, anybody who makes a comparison between Tyree Wilson and Cleve Farrell is seriously huffing uh, or sniffing model glue or something because they're not even close. The Raiders overdrafted Cleve Farrell. Now, I understand Tyree Wilson with the injury, but Tyree Wilson at one time was considered maybe a number one pick in the draft, okay? So if you look at that... You cannot compare him to Cleve Farrell, who was overdrafted by the previous regime. And what they did, and Cleve Farrell and that mistake, was not this regime's fault. You cannot pin it on them. You can pin it on the Raider organization because it was the Raider organization run by different men at that time. So I think people, again, between the Jimmy G interceptions and this situation, you have to relax. Again, don't want to hear it, I know. Rebuild year, so they're not in any hurry to rush along a kid that they took in the top 10 that they really believe could be 
one of the best defensive ends in football on the other side from one that we already have there right in Las Vegas, which is the Raiders' Max Crosby. So you have to think of the long-term game. It's tough for fans. I get that. And I, I don't fault them at all. They want, to see, they want to see their team win. They want to see their draft picks come in and do good. I'm not faulting them for having that feeling. I'm just giving them that caution to say, hey, listen, it'll be okay. You can't evaluate the draft pick before week one. Listen, the fans out there who are concerned, I hear you because they're saying, why can't the Raiders just draft yeah. the guy who gets on the field right away? Why do the Raiders <laughs> always have to get a guy that's who fair. is injured? There's always questions about can he contribute right away? Why can't the Raiders just get a guy who's ready to go week one, ready to contribute for top 10, top 15, top 20 pick? Why is it that there's always a backstory with a guy the Raiders choose early? And to to my to to what your point says, this is a new regime with a new vision. And like I said, I feel like Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler say, okay, we have at least two years to build this thing up before we're expected to win a bunch of games and be and be playoff contenders. Fans don't want to hear that, no. but I but I say this, I've said this several times. Look at the way they've they've approached free agency in the draft. You get a quarterback who's injury prone, coming off of an injury. You have you're you're the twenty eighth team and and spending on your and cap space of spending on your defense 28th your top i think your top five in their offensive spending but they're 28th in spending on their defense they signed a bunch of guys to one two-year deals and then they get a, a top pick a seventh overall pick who's coming also coming off an injury like their quarterback and is going to have to have a slow ramp up period because he's a rookie mm -hmm. learning the game and because he hasn't seen the field since mid-november so what that tells me is the urgency wasn't there to Get a bunch of guys that are going to help us in 10, 12 games right now. It was, how can we make this team better within the next two years, yep. in the next three years? It's a long uh, game. I'm not going to say 2023 is a wash and you forget about it, but they're playing the long-term play here, and you can see it. On, it the writing is on the wall for it. And that's the key, right? We've had some folks – I've had some feedback from folks talking about guests that we've had. Why are they so negative about the Raiders? I don't think people are being negative. Now, now we, we have talked to people who are pretty negative about the Raiders – but we also talk to people, I think, who are looking at it as we are, maybe maybe with different terms and in much more blunt fashion, which is you, to the point you just made, which is they got two years. They would need to turn this thing around in two years. That does not mean that the Raiders can't come out and surprise people and play better than we expect. That can happen, too. But for right now, yeah. the, the key is not to panic. I think the key is to look at this and see what happens with Garoppolo to see with Tyree Wilson where he develops over time. You don't want to rush him. You don't want him to have to come out and then he re-injures the foot and then you're suddenly talking about a guy who could be a, really could be a bust because he can't get healthy because he ruins his health again. So I think it's it's key that people wait and just see on that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have expectations. I'm not telling you that. But I think people have to look at this and look at that long game and understand that it's not just about this year, that really the buildup, especially what they're going to be able to do next year with the defense comes along and to 2024, that expectations to be much higher of everybody involved, including Tyree Wilson, should he be healthy. All right. That's going to conclude our really first, quick, Scott. Yeah. There's a fine line between, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. There, there's a fine line between being negative and being realistic. And I think being negative would be the Rays are going to suck. They're going to win two, three games. <laughs> Fans don't even watch the games because they're not going to win that many of them. And then there's somebody telling you, look, temper your expectations because the way this roster is built, they're probably not going to contend for a playoff spot. I have them at seven and 10. I don't think that's negative. I think that's realistic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can win two games the other way or three games. Stuff happens. Not saying it can't happen, just giving you the realistic objective representation of kind of a viewpoint of what we're looking at. Okay, we're going to step aside for the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the names that are being thrown around camp as far as guys having good camps, positive stuff, optimistic stuff, players that we've talked about before, some that we haven't. And we'll also read you some of the comments from those players as they approach the dais during some press conferences over the past week. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere.